Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in this episode, we're going to venture over to Allegan County and learn about some of the history of the area. And I have a special guest, Mark Lovett, from the Allegan County Historical Society. We're going to explore some stories of local history, and we might even send some of you to jail. Because Allegan has the old jail museum which dates back to 1906. So this is going to be fun and interesting. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today. You bet. It's my pleasure. So, Mark, could you tell me, uh, could we start by introducing yourself? Um, How did you come to be involved with the Allegan Historical Society? Well, I'm, uh, as you said, Mark Lovett. I'm the president of the Allegan County Historical Society, I've been with the society for, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure how many years, probably close to 20. Wow. Uh, possibly longer. Uh, I've been on the, the, the board for about 10 years. I've run the gamut from being just a board member, the vice president, and now to be president. That's great. So how was the city of Allegan founded? Well, the city of Allegan was founded uh, in the early 1800s. Originally, it was considered the Northwest Territory, and access to this part of the country was limited. And it wasn't until 1825 when they finished the Erie Canal and people were able to go the majority of, of the trip via water that this area really remained unexplored. It was considered to be a swampy, uh, mosquito and snake infested area with little to no access to the interior. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until this massive number of people started to turn north Mm -hmm. and come into the state that uh, opportunities began to open up and people to move in. And the area where Allegan is is situated at this point Mm -hmm. is on the Kalamazoo River. It sits on a peninsula, and that peninsula uh, is formed by a horseshoe bend in the river, which causes the water to not only curve, but it drops up to eight feet over the course of its travels through the city, which causes the water to move faster. And the faster the water moves, the more horsepower you can get out of the uh, river. And so the city was founded due a lot to due to that. It also sits on a in a kind of a valley, kind of a bowl scooped out of the uh um, mm-hmm. out of the surrounding landscape, the the land all the way around Allegan rises anywhere from twenty to fifty feet. So early on, when there weren't any trees, once they had cut down all the trees in the immediate area, there was a a pretty good vista that could be had from a lot of vantage points around the city. So the. Mm-hmm. The city became uh, or became desirable because of all that horsepower. And so 
they began cutting raceways through the, what we now call the mill district. And that particular area uh, generated a lot of business and allowed things like sawmills and grist mills to be built, which are all very important to the, the growth of any new community. Great. Do you have any stories from the original settlers that you could share? Well, originally, uh, when settlers started coming into Allegan, that was still occupied by the Potawatomi Indians. They had a village just south of town, and the chief actually lived on the peninsula uh, in the horseshoe mm -hmm. curve of the river. And then there was wigwams all up and down the river in this area. And of course, they didn't speak English and we didn't speak Potawatomi. So there was certainly a, a gap between the two civilizations early on. Uh, one mm. story that uh, we hear about or talk about is that early on, some of the very first settlers were the Wetmores, and they had a farm north of town. And on that farm, um, they were pretty segregated from the rest of the city or isolated from the rest of the city. They were about uh, four miles north. Mm -hmm. And at one time, Mr. Wetmore was going to go hunting, so he took his rifle and headed out to see what game he could come up with. His wife, his mother-in-law, and his two kids stayed behind. Well, he went on out and he was gone. And Mrs. Wetmore looked outside and saw all these Indians coming around the house. And they had hatchets and spears and all kinds of other uh, tools that would be dangerous to wow. the family. So she figured they were in uh, deep trouble. So she took the kids out and hit them in the haymow in the barn and then proceeded to go back and try to talk to the Indians. Mm -hmm. And after much discussion and motioning, it was decided that they were there to use Mr. Wetmore's grinding stone to sharpen all their tools and their knives and their hatchets and such. So uh, there was great joy that they weren't about to be scalped or murdered. And uh, so, so that's a, a pretty good story. <laughs> the other story I like is that when we had the first school in Allegan, two young girls were walking to school and all the way to school, this big dog was following them. And they, you know, when they stopped, it stopped. And mm -hmm. when they started, it would start. And it, became apparent after a while that he was definitely going in the same direction they were. Well, when they got to school, they went in and they told the teacher about this big dog that had followed them. Well, they weren't so sure what uh, big dog this would be, so they all went out and looked to see what this big dog was. Well, it turned out it was a black bear, <laughs> and it had uh, certainly posed a threat to those kids, but luckily they got there without any, any harm also. <laughs> That's funny. But there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stories uh, working its way through the thread of Allegan's history from fires to other calamities that took place around mm -hmm. here. 
So what is the history of the old jail museum? I saw that that is a, a big part of the Allegan County Historical Society's uh, museum tours. Well, the, the jail was built in 1906, and it was the third jail that was built in Allegan. It was built in front of the current jail, and it was... It's a brick structure with a room for 37 inmates. We have men's cells and women's cells and juvenile cells. And it was actually quite state-of-the-art for its day. It had skylights to bring outside light into the building. We have very large wall windows, which really were new and at the turn of the century they were actually a design that was brought out of uh, a company in Detroit uh, I'm sorry I don't remember their name uh, but he was very ahead of his time and, and he decided that these larger windows would change the atmosphere and hmm. the need for lights and all our uh, old electrical mm -hmm. and such are gone uh, but it was certainly uh, state-of-the-art at, at its time uh -huh. and it, the jail is actually two buildings in one mm. the back half of the jail is or the jail building is the actual cells and cell blocks and sheriff's offices but the front of the building is a residence because in those days the state demanded that the sheriff live in the jail. Hmm. So we basically have a Victorian home on the front portion of the, the jailhouse. Oh. So we were able to take all those rooms and either preserve them as they actually were, such as cells and offices, mm -hmm. or we could take the rooms and turn them into displays. So all the residents... Uh, rooms, the bedrooms and the bathrooms and the living room and all those rooms have been uh, fitted with different periods of furniture, pictures, artifacts, you know, you name it. We've, we've probably got it stuck in there someplace. Wow. In the jailhouse, we have the one floor is still preserved as a sheriff's museum with the cells pretty much as they were. And then we've taken some of the cells and turned them into things like a lawyer's office, a beauty shop, a dentist office, a barber shop, uh, just, just other holding areas for our artifacts. Wow. That sounds like it's a very big um, place for the museum then, if there's that many rooms. Yeah, you know, I can't tell you exactly how many rooms there are, but there's basically... Uh, for the museum itself, there's three floors. Wow. And that's probably somewhere in the vicinity of 7,500 square feet. Wow. And then there's also the historical village, the John Paul Historical Village. Is that next to the jail or on the same grounds? No, it's it, the, the John Paul Historic Village is at the Allegan County Fairgrounds. Okay. 
which is a couple of miles away on the river flat uh, that's made by the Kalamazoo River north of town. The fairgrounds has been there since 1852. Well, the fair has been going on since 1852, but I think it took a couple of years before they actually purchased the original 15 acres, uh, which eventually became 115 acres. Okay. And we have uh, 11 buildings out there that we have, we being historical society or the fair board, have brought into that uh, area of the fairgrounds hmm. from other places. We have buildings that have come as far as the UP, uh, which is a log church. We have a log cabin. We have the uh, Jewett School, which used to sit north of Allegan on 122nd and uh, Dumont Road. Hmm. We have uh, the Allegan Township Hall that was built around 1900 and moved to the fairgrounds in 1976. We have the 1840s house, which was originally owned by the Bourne family, who were uh, wagon makers, actually downtown, uh, very early settlers. We have the Cook Oil Company, which is a a gas station, which is a reproduction of the actual gas station that used to be downtown. We have uh, two complete barns. Uh, we call, you know, they're museum barns. Mm-hmm. They used to be cattle barns wow. uh, years ago, and they're quite large, probably 30 feet wide by 75 feet long, maybe even bigger. I guess I've never really measured them to know for sure how big they are. Huh. But we also, in, in along with those buildings, we have a workshop, a wood workshop. We have a carriage barn. We have a fire barn. The fire barn holds uh, old fire equipment. We have a 1929 REO speed wagon uh, fire truck. Uh-huh. We have uh, a work, just a regular, like a mechanic shop. Wow. We have the Kellogg uh, train station from Kellogg, Michigan, which is east of Allegan, Hmm. uh, along with a full-size caboose on rails behind Mm it. We have an Indian uh, building. It's run by uh, the Potawatomis that are still in the area. Uh, John Pigeon is is the gentleman that operates that. And they kind of operated over and above us. And we have a blacksmith shop along with a gazebo and all, all kinds of other stuff that goes with it. Wow. So it's it's a pretty extensive area. Wow. That sounds like that's incredible to go visit. Is it open uh, year-round or is it just more seasonal in the summertime? Right now, it's only open when the fair is in town, as far as being open to the public. This next summer, we're hoping that we're going to be able to start opening up maybe at least once a month during good weather to be able to take people through the the area because there's absolutely a ton of artifacts in there. Okay. Any other interesting stories about Allegan County and the area during the settlement years? Well, Allegan County 
was a pretty wild area. It didn't have good roads, so the connection between the different cities was poor at best. Originally, everything was either Indian trails or deer trails. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to go from point A to point B, you'd have to be either walking or riding a horse. Mm -hmm. There was no real wagon trails or roads to speak of. And what roads there were, were in such poor shape that it would take you quite some time to get from, say, Allegan to the lakeshore. Mm -hmm. uh, might take you a couple days to get there. You might, I mean, the real early people would probably have to cut down trees in order to get a wagon down through right. and to get, get through where they want to go. And they would end up being possibly, if it's a, a rainy time of the year or whatever, they may be up to their axles in mud trying to get through there. So roads took a long time to really uh, become a way of life for the people in Allegan County. The original road system was more what you'd call a farm to market, which was usually a road that'd be about five to 10 miles long, uh, terminating uh, in a, the nearest local village or, mm -hmm. or city. And that would be the reason it's farm to market is because that's how far uh, a wagon and a horse could go or an oxen. Wow. In a day, they could get there and back. So that's that's what they that's what they call them, farmer wow. market. Well, that's a fascinating history. Um, so when people come to see the museum, what are some of the exhibits that they can expect to see inside? Uh, you mentioned some of the different displays of the rooms and whatnot. Are there any other special artifacts or things that they can look at? Well, we have. Um, Obviously, the, we do have the old jail there that people can mm -hmm. see, and we have handguns and badges and advertising, you know, like when I say advertising, uh, election campaign paraphernalia. Uh, we also have uh, some Indian artifacts there. We have, uh, in fact, in, right along in that area, we have a couple mastodon teeth that were found in the in the wow. county, we have an old. Uh, uh, it was a cart wheel, mm -hmm. and when I say a cart, I'm talking about something that was used on train tracks. Something wow. quite large, probably about a two foot diameter steel wheel, that actually came off a cart at Pier Cove over south of Saugatuck, that was found in the in the lake years ago and recovered, which sits in in our uh, collection. We also have the mast from the uh, ship, the Shakora, which was lost on Lake Michigan in 1895. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> late in the season, in the winter, it actually had been put into dry dock for the winter, but there was this excess of flour that was available in Wisconsin. Oh. So they brought it uh back onto the lake and got them out into the middle of the lake and over by South Haven. And uh, they couldn't get to shore because of the amount of ice and ultimately ended up floundering and sinking. The ship has never been found, but we have the mast and a few of the other artifacts that 
that uh, washed ashore after the shipwreck. Oh. Um, we have an actual courthouse room in the basement. It was, uh, we have the judge's bench, the, the mm -hmm. secretary uh, desk. We have the juror chairs. We have almost all the artifacts that were in the room. Uh, the railing that was there, uh, a sign that was on the wall. The, the light in the ceiling is actually from that courtroom. And so we've got that down there. We have a general store. We have what, a media room, which is old radios, cameras, teletypes, wow. project, old projection items. We have... Uh, uh, the old laundry mm -hmm. room that the the inmates used to use to wash their own clothes, along with our collection of old irons and wash tubs, and uh, along with other uh, modern for their time, as we mm -hmm. like to say, state of the art for its day. And we would we have those on display. We have a a old sports collection from when the the cities used to go around and play each other because there was no TV or radio or anything else for right. entertainment. So they would go out and do sports. We have a cobbler's display. We have uh, our old, the kitchen that we have is the kitchen that was used by the matron of the jail for making the food for wow. the prisoners. That's there. That's just off of the jail. Uh, we have a rotating display in the dining room, which right at the moment is uh, antique toys, and that'll be there for a year. Our living room has got a Edison phonograph that still works. It's a hand crank phonograph that we play for people. And we have the old stereo scope with all the photographs, the, the stereo wow. photographs. We have the first piano in, in Allegan County from 1840 wow. in that room. We have, uh, uh, we have a parlor that's got an old uh, an organ in it. We have a number of hair sculptures, which are kind of unique. When years ago, people used to uh, f make and frame uh, these items out of hair. We've got one that's uh, uh, like a lyre, you know, that you mm -hmm. would play. And we have others that are just, uh, it's like all the there's flowers in the, in the display. And they're all, all hair, all formed, look like little brown and silver flowers. <laughs> Interesting. Then on the upstairs of the residence, we have uh, the bedrooms. One has been turned into a dining room with mm -hmm. all the dining room uh, tables and chairs and, and dishes. There's an old crank photograph. Uh, I'm sorry, not a photograph. has an old crank telephone mm -hmm. on the wall. We had this old, old sewing machine, sideboard, table, cutlery, dishes, all that stuff in there. Then next door to that, the old sheriff's bedroom, hmm. which is a kind of a unique room because it's on the one corner is kind of a turret. So it's a round wall uh, room. 
And in there we have furniture from a Victorian period, uh, old clocks, uh, things that you would find in, in a living room during that mm. period of time. Next to that is a bedroom. And in that bedroom, we have a quilt that was made in 1851, a handmade, it's the original. And then all the things that you would find in an old time bedroom, wow. such as the stones that you would heat up on the, on the front of the fire and put in your bed at night to keep you warm. And old uh, hot coal devices that you would put hot coals in them and put your feet on them to help keep mm. you warm. The uh, armoires and different items there. One thing that's unique about our building is for its, the age of it, it has a closet in almost every room. And it always used to be thought that they just didn't make closets in those days and they used armoires. Mm -hmm. But as it turns out, in those days, they were the the buildings were taxed by the number of rooms that were in the building, and a closet was considered oh. a room. So, in order to keep your taxes down, you didn't build closets. Oh. I had no idea. That's interesting. Then we've got uh, the old bathroom upstairs. We've turned into a a kitchen with a with a full steel uh, stove in it, a Hoosier, which would be the kitchen cabinet and all the kitchen utensils that were probably used in the 1800s uh, are there. And next to that, we have the pioneer room, which has a lot of artifacts from the Wetmore family that I had mentioned mm. earlier that had the Indians visit them. And it's got uh, quite a few items from their, their estate that were uh, donated by their daughter who was a spinster. She was also a teacher in the Allegan School District for years. And that's mm -hmm. the upstairs that actually, one thing about our museum is we're not handicap accessible. We have a lot of mm -hmm. stairs. We have chairs to sit down in if you're traversing the building that you can at least stop and take a rest. We'd like to be this winter working on a video that we can take of the interior of the building kind of a tour in its own that if somebody could get in the building we could put them in front of a monitor in the right. kitchen or some other location and they could see all the rooms that way that's a great idea so does the uh, allegan county historical society have any events planned for 2023 well we do uh, seminars are member meetings, as they're called, monthly from April through November. And we have them usually not on our premises. We usually travel around either to the local library or to one of the churches. Uh, we'd like to be moving around to other places in the county rather than just around Allegan, which is where most right. of us live. So a lot of that happens here. We go to Otsego sometimes. They have a historical society there. And we also uh, join with them with special events. But our main event of the year is the okay. fair and having all our, biz all our buildings open to the public and uh, doing tours. But tours at the museum, certainly, you know, we have no entrance fee. We are operate only on donations. Mm -hmm and what we earn at the fair. And an average 
full tour takes anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how many questions you've got, or you can self-guide yourself through there, only you're, we feel that you're missing a lot because you don't get to hear us drone on about all the stuff we know. <laughs> That's a good point. So when they when they um, can they find you online? What's the website if they want to find out more information online about the old jail museum? Uh, the website is alleganoldjail.com. Okay. That's you can find us there. Uh, we're on Facebook. Okay. You can find us there. Um, we have a ton of history to share. Uh, our docents are quite knowledgeable, and you know we do do seminars periodically for other people that are also open for people to come listen to. Uh, the information I have about Allegan is uh, extensive. We start from the 1830s when Allegan area was originally purchased by the Boston Company. Mm -hmm which was a group of men out of Boston, Massachusetts, including one of the uh, justices on the Massachusetts Supreme Court. And they bought up about two thirds of the property in our area. And one of the locals bought the other third up and they opened that up to speculation to people buying it and, and uh, bringing in banks. And, you know, we have, we have a quite a, quite a big history. In fact, one of our claims to fame is that General Benjamin Pritchard mm -hmm. from the Civil War period was an Allegan man who started out as a school teacher and became a lawyer. But at the beginning of the war, he joined in with the 4th Michigan Cavalry out okay. of Detroit and went to war and became quite successful in his campaigns and actually had been put on the trail of Jefferson Davis at the end of the war when he was running wow. for his life and actually captured him in Georgia. And there was a TV series called Curse of Confederate Gold on uh -huh. the History Channel, which addresses that whole situation. Wow, that's a great story. Are there any artifacts to him at the museum? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, we have his sword, his handgun, his saddle, saddlebags, wow. horse blankets, tons of paperwork that were he was involved with. Uh, he actually was really big in the Odd Fellows, mm -hmm. which was a fraternal organization uh, up until probably modern times. And he also at one time was the treasurer of Michigan. Mm -hmm. They wanted him to run for governor, but he wasn't interested in politics. <laughs> so he just spent the rest of his life in in the Allegan area and was considered to be quite a guy. Was on uh, everybody's uh, board mm -hmm. because he was a shaker and mover of mm -hmm. his day. That's quite a background and a story on him. That's that's really interesting. So the, the museum is actually open all through the winter, or is it by appointment, or is, how does that work? Well, we're open, during the winter, we're only open on Saturdays from 10 to 4. Okay. But you can call the museum and 
we can open up for you during the week or on special occasions during the day. Okay. We ask a $20 fee, uh, mm -hmm. not per person, just $20. That pays for our electricity while we're open. And we also offer uh, use of the museum at night. We have a lot of interest from paranormal groups that like to come in. Interesting. Uh, we charge $35 an hour for paranormal groups, and that's from 7 till midnight. And after midnight, it's $50 an hour. Interesting. We also offer, uh, oh, you know, whatever we can do for people. You know, we do research for different groups, individuals. Uh, we get requests for different things all the time. Sometimes we can answer them. Sometimes we can't. Mm -hmm. uh, I think people think that because we're the Historical Society for Allegan County that we know every building and every address mm -hmm. in the county, but. We really don't. We do have archives that we go to and try to find the information for them. Wow. Well, it's great that you have a group of people that are willing to take the time to do that. We have no full-time staff. Everybody is mm -hmm. uh, a volunteer. We have approximately 50 full-time volunteers. I guess they're not full-time. They're part-time volunteers. Mm -hmm. And they do anything from helping us with looking up information uh, they will help us with projects. We have projects going on mm -hmm. right now. We're, we're taking all the old Allegan County newspapers that we have, which are huge stacks, and dividing them up into years and wrapping them and putting them into uh, acid-free boxes just to preserve them. They've all been digitized. Okay. And so they are actually online, and you can see those through the uh, Allegan District Library's website. Okay. And we are just a repository for those. And that's kind of what our museum is. is it's a repository for everything Allegan County from the beginning till now. Uh, although mm -hmm. our focus is probably more on from 1800s forward. Okay. Because there wasn't a lot going on other than the Indians running around right. before that. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Well, it's great. Well, I'm happy to that you were able to take the time to be on today, Mark. It was really fascinating. I learned a lot. There's a sounds like you have a remarkable museum over there, and I, I look forward to someday coming to take a tour. Well, I think because we're a small town, people come in to the museum thinking that we're really just not much, mm -hmm. but we always get the compliments that they're really surprised at the amount of artifacts we have, the quality of our displays, and the amount of knowledge that our docents are able to relate to them. Certainly just off the the cuff, we, we have no mm -hmm. script, we have no notes, we just tell them what we know. And uh, needless to say, if we're doing an hour and a half tours we got a lot to say well that is great well we'll definitely have to have you come back on the show again in the future because i am certain there's a lot more stories from allegan that have yet to be told 
Well, I have been speaking with Mark Lovett from the Allegan County Historical Society. And they are the curators of the Old Jail Museum, as well as the John Paul Historical Village at the Fairgrounds in Allegan. And it's been a fascinating journey through not only some wonderful stories, but he essentially gave us an audio tour of the museum, which has got to inspire you to go out there and put this museum on your list to pay a visit to. And I'm going to put the links that Mark mentioned in the show note descriptions, as well as their email at Mark's request and the phone number of the museum, so that you can schedule your own appointment at your leisure and go see this remarkable series of exhibits and buildings. And of course, if you would like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. There is a contact form on that website, and it has been a pleasure to take you on another journey through yesterday and exploring more and more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thank you for coming along today, and thank you for listening.